Hi, welcome to the Medical Device Marketing Podcast. I'm Jenna, the Content Marketing Manager here at Podimos, and today I'm joined by Becca Brady, the Account Director here. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure, Becca. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to be talking about website conversion, um, and Becca helps a lot of our clients to develop their websites, optimise their websites, um, so I think that's something you should be very comfortable talking about, Becca. Yeah, I talk about websites quite a lot. I also talk about websites with you quite a lot. So mm-hmm. this is probably our biggest conversation, really, that we have all the time. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Let's start by talking about um, what conversion actually is and the importance of setting goals for your website. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because um, the conversions is basically your customers doing something that you want them to do on the website. So if you have a website where customers buy things directly, it could be a sale or a purchase. If you have a website that you're wanting people to email you, that would be your conversion. So it's basically you're, you're a person entering your site and doing what you need them to do on your site is, is a conversion. And what you decide what you what your conversion is, is what aim what what you decide as a conversion is what helps for your goals. So if you're a medical device that is selling directly to consumers, the goal is that they purchase something from your site. That's an easy conversion metric. But if you have a device that sells directly to hospitals and doctors and you're not selling via your website, conversion goal setting, you you do need to think about a little bit more. Do you want people to download a PDF to learn more information about you? Do you want them to email you? Do you want them to join a mailing list? And how you make the decision of that is what helps them on their buyer's journey. And what I always do in this situation is we start from when someone enters your site to when they leave, what do you want them to know and what do you want them to have done? And that's how you decide what your conversion is. And for most of our clients is I want them to learn about our product and I want them to contact the sales representative. So for that, then it's a downloading a PDF that's gated so we get their email so a sales representative can contact them afterwards and then also encouraging them throughout the website to email um, a sales representative or a member of the team. Yeah so conversions basically when a user comes to your site and they take a desired action isn't it and I think it's worth um, kind of discussing metrics in a bit more bit more generally so I think when you're setting your goals for your website it's probably tempting to just say, I want loads of website visitors, that's my main goal. But actually, when you dive down into that, um, having loads of visitors to your website won't necessarily benefit your business. Uh, If they're not converting, then what's the point? And that's why I think it's so important to talk about converting and why conversion optimization needs to be your biggest priority when it comes to your website. Yeah, and and also going back to the right metrics for that. So I see a lot of websites, especially for medical device, where they say their conversion is they want someone to download a PDF. And that's great, but then they haven't gated it. 
so someone's downloaded that pdf but you don't know who they are you can't email them so that's kind of ended their journey for you on a pdf that you can go nowhere from so it's about making sure that it's a part of their journey and if you want someone to download that pdf have it gated and what i mean by that is that you need them to enter their name their email potentially their job title whatever information that you need from them that can allow a member of the team to contact them and help them continue on that buyer's journey um that's really important and you're completely right about visitors to the website people say all the time i want to have the most visits i want to be number one on google search and all of those things are important i'm not saying they're not but it only matters if people are doing something on your site. So for me, something that I look at a lot is conversions and then how much time people spend on your web page. Because if you have 10,000 people coming to your site, but they're on your page for two seconds, so what? They've not learned anything about you. They've not contacted you. They might as well have not gone to your website at that point. So it's about those are the things that for me really matter. Um, so in terms of content, Becca, what mm. sort of content do you think that people who are trying to optimise their website need to be posting? What sort of content is going to encourage users to convert? You need to be answering their questions. You know, when someone's gone onto your website, they are looking for some form of information. They want to know something. They're looking for an answer to that to a question. And what they want is you to be honest. They want you to be transparent. And all of that builds trust for you, trust in you, that you're giving them the correct answers um, that in total may make, make a decision. So think about when you buy anything, whether inside medical device or without, like when you go on that web page, there are certain things you're looking for. You know, what does other people think about them? The reviews, are they good? Are they bad? How much is it going to cost me? You know, all of that stuff is really important because that helps you make a decision. And, you know, if they can't find on your website how much pricing costs, they're going to be able to find it some on another on a customer on, on a competitor's mm -hmm. website. Somewhere online, they're going to be able to find the pricing of what you offer in a ballpark. So it is so much more helpful to your customer if they can just find that information with you. It helps them make a decision. Um, the reason I talk about price so much is it's definitely the one that people say, well, I can't put my prices up. I can't post my prices. That's craziness. Everyone's going to find them out. Well, if you're going to bring that person through that customer buying journey anyway, they're going to find out your prices. Like that's an important step in the process. Mm -hmm. So what's important is they might as well find about it up front because that level of transparency means they know what they're getting. And yes, there will be people that don't contact you because they see your price. But were they ever going to convert into an actual customer? Probably not because the price is going to be as expensive for them at the start of their journey or at the end of the journey. So it does an extra level of meaning that the conversions that you're getting are more valuable because they have more information. They've read everything about you and decided, yes, I still want to proceed with this, which is why giving them all that information up front is beneficial for them, but also for you. Yeah, and I think we're only talking about the first stage of conversion today, just in terms yeah. of like website goals. But actually, we did a podcast on coming up with content ideas. And in that, we spoke all about how the content you put on your website can help actually convert those leads into full, fully fledged clients um, 
or customers before you even get in contact with them. So I think the content that you're posting is really important, not only to encourage conversion, because like you said, they trust you, but it also kind of qualifies them for the rest of the sales process. They're not going to fall out because they find out that you cost too much or you don't deliver what they're particularly looking for. So they've already got that knowledge and it just makes the sales process so much easier. Yeah, and I think you mentioned trust there again as well, which is really important because I think we see a lot of content that's quite biased. Like, so they're like, I don't want to talk about that part of my device because my competitor does it better. And it's like, I I, I understand that reservation, but by putting all of that information out, because there is a situation where your device is better used. So if you only talk about that situation, people are going to say, well, you're saying that because it's your device, you're biased. But if you give all of these scenarios where your device is best to be used, when potentially another device is best to be used, people then believe you when you say, like, this this surgery is when you use my device because you've told them when not to use it. And that's really valuable information and builds trust. You then also don't have a customer coming back months later and being like, I used this in a surgery, I thought it was going to work and it didn't. Whereas you can say, well, actually that conversation had happened that information was out there so it's really important I think for trust to just talk about Mm -hmm. the pros and the cons because nothing is perfect there are cons to things and I think that level of honesty really helps your customer understand what you're offering and helps them in their buyer's journey immensely exactly and if your if your competitors aren't doing it um who is the customer more likely the truck likely to trust the person who's saying okay it is good but this is something that you couldn't necessarily use this device for or the Mm -hmm. person who's just saying my device is amazing there's no problems with this because there are problems you you know not every device is perfect in every scenario but being honest about that just shows that you value their custom more yeah I think that's really important because trust at the end of the day is what makes people buy something or not buy something become a client become a customer so that level of trust is needed from the outset um so yeah and the more questions that you answer up front the better it is for everybody involved um and I think, I'm not sure we're getting into it in a minute but that means that you never run out of content for your website because people always have questions so every question that you ever get writing it down and then doing an article about it, putting that content up, means that you just always have loads of content because there's always new questions popping up that you can help your customers with. Yeah, exactly. And um, next we'll we'll talk about um, when somebody's building a website, how, what you should be doing to encourage them to convert. And I think, you know, when you have an article to make sure that you've got that you know, you've given them all of this knowledge, now's the time to ask them to convert. Yeah, exactly. And um, I also think it's really important for your call to actions to be so obvious, you know. Um, lots of people will read a lot of the article, but then they'll also they'll, they'll scroll through parts, you know. They might not read everything. So it needs to be really obvious. Your call to action can't be hidden in the text. It needs to be a really big, like, here's my call to action, here's what I need from you. Um, the site also needs to be really easy to navigate. Always think about it if, you know, when you're on a website, if you can't find something super quickly, you're jumping off. Like Google's giving you other options, you're going to one of them. So it's really important that your site is easy to navigate 
and it's really clear what each next step is and there's no point where you're like right where do I get the next bit of information um and I think another thing that I see so much in medical device is really long forms you need to fill in to get anything and I know I talked about gating stuff at the beginning and you definitely should be but do you need to know 15 things about them in order for them to get that information or to get to, for you to send them an email no you don't. I think you need to think about what do you actually need at this stage? And the answer normally be name, job title, email, hospital, or company, depending on your product. They are the four things that you need. And then obviously a GDPR box to allow you to message them. But you don't need anything else. Um, every other bit of information you can collate at another time. So you need to make, need to make it easy. Any sort of barrier to contacting you is just not something you want to be putting in place yeah I think it's far too easy these days to just go to the next website when you can't find something mm -hmm. so in terms of practically like how you actually put that into practice yeah when you're going about developing <clears throat> um, a plan for a website how do you go about ensuring that navigation is as it should be so I really put myself in the customer's shoes or the person, the user's shoes. And I think what, and I think about their entire journey on the website, their entire buyer's journey. And then I make sure there's a touch point at all of those points. So if, for example, I know that realistically, they're probably going to land on the homepage. Okay, so from the homepage, they're going to need to know what, they're going to want to know about our product or the challenges that we solve. Okay, is there a really clear link to that? They've read a challenge, right, what we want them to do next, we want them to contact us. Is there a really clear contact us mess button across that page? Not just at the bottom, not small, like is it really obvious? A lot of the time you see like tabs on the side of the page to allow you to contact. Stuff like that is really useful. Um, and then I kind of go through and I look at the website from loads of different angles. What happens if I found it on a social media and I landed directly on the challenge? Where else could we go? And it's about making sure that at every single one of those touch points that your customer has on that website is very clear the next step in their journey. Um, and then what I also do is once a site's live is we, we look at how people are moving through the website. And if you find that there is a place where they're getting stuck, you're seeing a huge exit rate on a certain page, or there are other softwares that show you where people are on websites, that kind of tells you that if you need to adapt anything. Um, but really, it's just about making sure that every touch point is hit. And just like everything in marketing, you're analysing it. Is it working? Are we losing people? How do we prevent that from happening? Um, so what about A-B testing, Becca? How, how do you feel about that? And how can it be used to improve your conversion rate? Yeah, so what I was just saying now actually about buyer's journey is a really good time to be using the A-B testing and just in case someone doesn't know what A-B testing is, it's about prevent, it's presenting, it's different customers will get different pages or different options and then you can test what's working better. So um, for an instance, if there's a place that people are dropping off a lot, you could have one version of the page has an email us button and one version of the page has like a download PDF button and then you can test which call to action is working. You can also have things even slightly different. So on one page, you could say like, get in touch. On one page, you could say, 
this, everything else on the page is exactly the same. It's just the call to action that's different. So one can say, get in touch, and one can say, we want to hear from you. And now they are slight change, slightly different, but you can basically test is what copy is working better for conversion. And then when you can analyze all that different data, and if you find the um, let's get in contact with you is working better, you can then update it and only have one version of the page. Um, and they're a really cool tool, really, to work out if something's working or not working, could it be better? Um, but my big thing about A-B testing is you should only be testing one thing. If you have your product page and it's basically two completely different product pages, you don't know what's worked on that on page A versus page B. So you need to be checking one thing at a time. And I know that might sound time consuming, but even if you test two different things at a time, you don't really have the answer because you don't know which of one of those two made an impact. So yeah, only test one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth um, just talking about some of the platforms or channels you can use to do your um, analytics. So Google Analytics is obviously um, a big one that can tell mm -hmm. you, you know, bounce rate which is if people are coming to your website and leaving straight away like you said how long they're spending on your website what channels they're coming in from and you can also track goals through that so those are your conversions so you can actually set them up in uh, google analytics but there's obviously um lots of other softwares available um that will actually show you how people are moving about your site where they're getting stuck and some can also offer um, insights and um, actionable insights they'll tell you how you can improve the page potentially mm -hmm. but they come at a cost so it's worth looking into what's best for you um, in terms of your budget and your time and making a decision based on that no it's a very good point they do give you loads of great insight I think the bottom line is the, to be checking them so whatever platform you choose to use or whatever software just making sure that you're looking at that data is really important and that you set your goals yeah. tightly in the first place so you know what to be looking at. Um, so what about when you have visitors to the website but they leave quickly? What can you do to get them back? Can you do yes. anything? If you, well, you can, there are a few things you can do. And I think returning visitors is something that I also look at quite a lot as well because mm -hmm. it means that, you know, they want more information. And there is a few ways that you can do this. I always have encouraged a sign up page at the very beginning of a web page or where they enter the page. So you can then email them and then that monthly emails can bring them back to your website. Um, some people do sort of like, again, this is more for like selling direct to patients, but abandoned basket emails work really well for that as well because that can bring you back to a purchasing page just like a nudge people back onto the website there are other options as well that are more paid options so you could do sort of like retargeting ads or you could do so anyone and what that is is any previous visitor to the website will get an ad encouraging them to return i think we all see those ads when we're scrolling on our instagram and our facebook anyway like they're those are retargeting ads um they are highly effective i think there's stats out there that say it improves it by like 147 percent but not everyone can do it you need a certain level of traffic to allow you to be eligible to do retargeting ads but they are a paid option um i know the next question is going to be how much and i think that's 
uh, it, that's different for every website and so that's something that you need to be looking into with Google and um, to look at what your retargeting ads would be um, but yeah so there are definitely options if you do lose people and I know I keep saying it but if you go back to analytics and about where you're losing them that can then better help you in your retargeting campaign mm-hmm. so if you're losing people on certain information like because they couldn't find another article and then so you've written that article you can like send to the email list like new article this topic and that really helps bring people back onto your website um and then re-engage with you so yeah it's something that you constantly need to be looking at and, and updating yeah and i think it's um worth saying that just because they leave your website doesn't mean they're not going to eventually convert it's um no, not at all statistic we talk about all the time is that your message needs to be seen at least 15 times before that um that section of your audience will take action Mm -hmm. so retargeting sending out emails it's all just about getting your brand back front and center in their brains and reminding them hey you looked at us a while ago we're still here if you're ready now to convert and i think sometimes people just need to go away and have a think about it maybe talk to their teams, talk about budgets and um, their needs before they're ready to convert. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to be losing traffic. They will come back and I think, you know, generally speaking, returning visitors are more likely to convert. So that's really a number that you want to work on building up. Um, And yeah, like you said, email, retargeting, best way to do it. Yeah, I think, think about it from your sales representatives. Like, how many times does a sales representative get a sale on the very first time they've spoken to somebody? I don't have a statistic for it, but I imagine it's quite low. There is often communication going back and forth on that between a sales representative and a potential buyer, and your website should be seen the same. Like, you want people to return. You do obviously want them to stay on the website for longer the first time they're on there, but... The more they're on, you're right, the more likely they are to convert in some capacity. Um, And the other thing is, you can't control when someone's ready to buy. Like, you can't control that. What you can control is all the information that you give them so that if they are ready to buy six months later, they know that you're the person to go to because they've read all the information from you. They've seen your retargeting ads. They've seen your emails. You've kept yourself front in mind. So when they are ready months later, you're their go-to. So that's the, you need to con- that's the stuff that you can control and that you need to be actioning. Yep, definitely. Well, Becca, um, is there anything else you think people need to know about improving conversion? No, I think sort of the main takeaways are just, you know, check these things often. Don't just put your website up and then hope that loads of stuff comes in you know that might happen and that's great but what's really important is that you're constantly checking what conversion's working what's not working so that you can completely improve all the time all the different ways you're converting yeah you need to make sure you're not just blindly making guesses at what people are doing and why they're not converting you need to be looking at that data and making informed decisions based on that No, exactly. Fabulous. Well, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Um, So I mentioned earlier that we had another podcast on um, coming up with content ideas. So take a look at our other podcast. You can also visit our website if you'd like to read some of our articles 
or don't forget to follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. Bye.